Praise God this morning, amen. Hallelujah. Give the band a big round of applause. I want to thank Brother Rex for helping us out this morning, joining in with us, amen. The rest of the guys, amen. Praise God. New year, new things are happening. There's also something else happening. A lot of people are getting attacked. Right now, this day, a lot of people are under attack. They're getting attacked. They, uh, they need to recognize the attack. And today, I want to talk to you about how you recognize you're under a spiritual attack. Do you ever feel like you're fighting a battle? Is there anybody here today that ever feels like they're fighting a battle? And you're given the best that you can give, but you're limited. Something's hindering it. Something's stopping it. So you're doing all that you can, but some invisible force is stopping your growth, your spiritual growth. Something's trying to choke the life out of your walk, your relationship with your family, and different things. Something's trying to come between you and your wife. Something's trying to come between you and your children. Something's trying to pull your money out of your pocket before you get paid. What the Bible says is that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we have a spiritual battle that we're fighting. It's against evil. It's against darkness. The battle is very real, Cowboy Church. You need to hear me this morning. The battle is very real. Can I say this to you? For all y'all live in fantasy land, the devil is real too. The devil is very real. He does not like you. He hates your guts. The battle is very real. The devil is real. He would much rather you ignore him and pretend he doesn't exist. He would much rather for Caney Creek Cowboy Church to be one of them feel-good churches. One of those churches that talks about all the feel-good stuff about, about life. But I just can't do that all the time. Because there's too many families under attack. There's too many brothers and sisters dying right now and going to hell. There's too many people right now that they're riding the fence. One day they're sold out to Jesus. The next day they're sold out to the enemy. There are too many people today that one day they're sober and the next day they're back on dope. The Bible says, Who my Lord sets free, he sets free indeed. And the Bible says this, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap what we sow. So today I want to talk to you about how to recognize you're under a spiritual attack. Why, Brother Mark? Because families are under attack. And you can't win a battle, brothers and sisters. Unless you recognize you're in a war. I feel like I'm going to preach today. And what you're going to hear today. You're going to take a look at your own life. And you're going to say the conflicts that I'm going through. The stuff that's happening. I understand I'm under an attack today. A lot of us are under attack. We don't even realize it. We don't recognize it. We call it hard times. We call it, oh man, it's just bad luck. There's no such thing. The Bible says that we wrestle. Not against flesh and blood but against evil and darkness. So I want to talk to you today about the warning signs, just like in the natural when you have a heart attack. We have learned over the years there's some warning signs that will let you know you start having chest pains, you start feeling like you're out of breath. There are some warning signs out there, and, and it will make you realize that you're having a heart attack. That's why I wanted to preach this message today, because I wanted to give you an opportunity to fight back. Instead of wait till it's too bad and you got to have open heart surgery or wait till it's too bad 
And then you blame God for everything that's happening in your life. Some of you, when you get this this morning, you're going to recognize that you're under a spiritual attack from the devil. Open your Bibles to Psalms 42, verse 1. Touch three people say, got my Bible? Say, if you don't have one, you can share with me. Y'all stingy folks, say it again. If you don't have one, you can share with me. Listen to me this morning. Number one, when you're under a spiritual attack, you're going to have a loss of spiritual desire. That is a real sign that you're, that's not what I'm reading. I'm not reading the Bible. What I'm telling you is, number one, when you realize you're under a spiritual attack, you'll have a desire, you'll have a real desire for not going to church. You'll have a real desire for not reading your Bible. You'll have a real desire. When, when you're under a spiritual attack, you'll have a real desire to, to lose your desire for Christ. When you just want to quit. When you just want to throw in the towel. When you just want to give up. Does anybody like that this morning? Don't raise your hand. I don't want to know. Some of y'all on your phone playing Facebook. Some of you on your phone and, and, and you're calling your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Some of you are looking at trucks on your phone. Some of you are thinking about what's at Luby's and what we're going to have for dinner. The sign that you're in a spiritual attack is that you lose your desire for the Word of God. For the love of God, for the love of going to church, for the love of being around other believers. Number one, when you're under a spiritual attack, you're going to begin to, to have a loss for a spiritual desire. When you just want to quit. When you're coming to church out of obligation. And some of you do that. You come to church out of obligation instead of a real desire to serve God. When I got here this morning, I had a real desire to serve God. When I got in my truck this morning, I had a real desire to want to sing and praise to God this morning. This wasn't my duty. This wasn't my obligation. It was a desire because I love God. And the number one, uh, number one, listen to when you want to understand you're, you're, you're under a spiritual, oh, my God, we got to go to church again. Oh, my Lord, that the time rolled back. We'll make evening service. We'll, make a, we'll go next Sunday. To recognize when you're under a spiritual attack, listen to me, when you're just coming out of obligation, out of duty. The Bible says this, Psalms 42, verse 1. The Bible says the blessed man is the one who delights in the law of the Lord. Listen to what Psalms 42, verse 1 and 2 says. As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Just give me Jesus. I can't sing like Rex. But my soul pants for Jesus. My heart, my desires to see people come to know Jesus. Psalms 42 verse 1 says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go meet God? Listen to what David said. He said he had a desire, a desire to do God's work. 
But what Paul says is when you're under a spiritual attack, you don't have a desire to do God's work. You don't have a desire to read God's word. You don't have a desire to do spiritual things. You don't have a desire to get involved in the car show. You don't have a desire to come and clean the church when you're supposed to clean the church. You don't have a desire to help out with the youth. You don't have a desire to give. I'm going to get Pentecostal in a minute. Watch out. You don't have a desire. The passion begins to leave you the fire begins to go out in your heart now listen to me if you've been walking with the lord for some time look at me if you've been walking with the lord sometimes discipline kicks in and you're disciplined you're disciplined i see some of you you're you've been faithful to this church you're disciplined and discipline's good but where's your desire where's your fire where's your passion as the deer longs for just a drink our hearts should long to meet God. Can I say this? I can meet him any place. I met him up at the hospital the other night. I met him in family time yesterday with my wife. I met him in family time with my friends and family at a birthday party yesterday. My desire, my want to is to meet Jesus at work, at school, anywhere he needs me. Where's your desire this morning? Are you spiritually dead? Now we have discipleship. We have, we, 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 we have discipline. That kicks in. That's good. You read your Bible sometimes. But the number one sign when you have no spiritual desire, it's a warning sign. If you can say this, now watch this. Pay attention. You're going to hear something that's going to blow your mind. When you can say, I can miss church for three or four weeks and I'm okay. You're spiritually dying. You're under an attack. You're under attack. When you can say, I can go a week or two without going to church, and it's not going to bother me, you're under a spiritual attack. And number one, that's very dangerous to your soul. Lord, we pray for those who are taking that ambulance ride right now. We pray they know you. Number two, how do you recognize you're under a spiritual attack? The second thing is kind of different from the first thing, but it's the truth. You're physically and you're emotionally exhausted. I meet people all the time. They're physically and they're emotionally exhausted. They're just tired. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to go anywhere. They don't want to try anything new. They get complacent in their walk with Jesus Christ. The second thing is kind of different from the first thing, but if you're emotionally or physically exhausted, you see it matters about your health. Can I say this to you? It matters about your health, and I'm learning that right now. The Lord is concerned about my blood pressure. The Lord is concerned about my weight gain. The Lord is concerned about your blood pressure, your weight gain. What you put into this temple, God is concerned about it. And you need to hear me this morning. If you're a soldier, if you love God, he has a plan for your life and he wants to use you. So your physical and your emotional state is very important to our Lord and Savior. I don't guess I'm preaching to anybody but myself this morning. You see, it matters about your health because the enemy would love to wear out the saints. The enemy would love to wear you down physically. 
He'd love for you to keep eating that greasy, junky food, keep taking in that sugar, drinking them monsters. The Lord, the enemy would love for you to just keep on keeping on so that he can get you flat on your back so that you don't do anything for Christ. I started walking down to the end of my block and back to my house is one mile. I started walking. I put on my, my, my shorts. My legs are as white as, as, as white, Jazz. Why is that light bulb? I, I, I walked the other day. It was dark, but I could see where I was going because my legs were leading me. I got all the way down there, and it was okay when I got my half a mile done. But when I looked back and see where I had to go, I like, whoo. Mary said, we're going to do two. I said, you're going to do two. I'm going to make it back to the house. <laughs> and on my way, God is concerned about our spiritual, physical, and emotional balance. Miss Amy took a picture of me 10 days ago, and she showed me the way I looked Wednesday night. It was like a complete change. I was like, all right, Lord, if I just keep it up, if I stay the course, physically, Physically, I know that God needs me. Emotionally, I know that God needs me. If you're laying at home or you're laying down because, because you're lazy, because, because you just don't want to exercise, because you don't want to take care of yourself, if you're not eating the right things, if you're smoking, if you're doing those things, it's eventually going to allow the enemy to destroy you. I don't know, amen. Somebody say amen. I'm preaching way better than y'all are letting on this morning. Daniel 7, verse 25 says, He will speak. Now, this is the enemy. He will speak against the Most High, and he will oppress his holy people and try to change the set times and the laws. The holy people will be delivered into the hands for a time and time and time and a half. The enemy will try to wear you down. He'll try to zap your spirit. The Bible says, do not grow weary in well-doing. Paul says, if you won't faint, if you won't get weary in well-doing, you'll be able to finish the race. A sign that you're under a spiritual attack, you just get tired. You're physically fatigued. There's a story in the Bible of a man named Elijah. I want you to learn something right now. Listen to me. There's a story in the Bible of a man named Elijah the prophet. He had just come out of the biggest victory of his, of his ministry. He had defeated 450 prophets of Baal. He had defeated them. Fire from heaven had fell. And, and, and he was physically and emotionally tired. Elijah was physically and emotionally tired. Can I say this to you? Listen to me. And the most vulnerable you'll ever be is when you have your greatest victories or when you're about to receive. Your greatest blessings. I got a friend right after we do something great at church. I got a friend. He says, you know it's coming, Pastor. We'll have a great revival. People come know the Lord. We'll have a great outing with our youth. We'll have a great, great big thing happen. We'll raise the cross. We'll raise the roof. We'll do something. And they'll say, Brother Mark, you know it's coming. I say, hallelujah, the devil knows my name. I'm excited. But listen to me. You're most vulnerable when you just had a great victory or when you're about to get a great promotion. That's when the enemy will hit you the most. When you come out of a great victory or when you're, something big is about to happen in your life, don't give up. Just like Jesus, God said, this is my beloved Jesus who I'm well pleased. And the enemy came and he tempted him. So Elijah was exhausted and God sent an angel 
as he fell asleep and the angel prepared him something to eat. So that tells me that God's concerned about what we put in our physical body. I think that Elijah wasn't eating right. I think that Elijah was at war. I think Elijah had all this going on. He, he got stressed out. He was probably fatigued, and he wasn't eating right. And so the Lord sent an angel. How about that? How about that? How would you like it if a Lord sent an angel over your house to cook you a meal? Well, Elijah was so tired, so fatigued, the, the angel woke him up. Get up and eat, man. Get up and eat. Can you imagine the angel probably had a cowboy hat on? Get up and eat, boy. I cooked you a good, healthy meal. I got something good for you to eat. Elijah got up and he ate, but he was so exhausted that he fell back to sleep. I understand being physically limited. That's why I'm trying to change my health habits. I'm a work in progress. If you sit out here and you don't care, you're under a spiritual attack. If you sit out here and your heart's not beating right, you don't feel good, you're not going to the doctor, you're hard-headed about taking your medicine, or if you're taking too much medicine you know you shouldn't be taking, you're under a spiritual attack. And the angel said, Arise and eat, I've cooked you a meal, a good nutritious meal, eat it. The enemy, he wants the Christians to lay down. I heard that a muffin was designed so that people would not feel guilty for eating cake for breakfast. We fill our bodies with sugar. We fill our bodies with starch. We fill our bodies with grease. And the enemy knows we can grow weary and well-doing because we're not putting the right things in our body. We run all day. We run all night. We work five or six jobs. We don't rest. So the angel came and woke him up and said, you need to eat. God woke me up when my doctor said, listen, boy, there's time now for you to turn it around. But if you keep going down the road that you're going, there will be no turnaround. I think that was my angel call, saying, hey, and I'm trying. Pray for me, and I'll pray for you. Come on, somebody. Come on, pray for me, and I'll pray for you. Touch three people and say, pray for me, and I'll pray for you. The third thing to realize that you're under a spiritual attack is your resources will dry up. The spiritual attack is, 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 I'm going to say this, not everything is a spiritual attack. Not everything is a demonic attack against your life. If you go out and you're a shopaholic and you spend all your money and you sit on the couch and say, Lord, pay these bills. You're not under a spiritual attack. You're a shopaholic. You need to get yourself under control. If you write a check that you know you can't cash and you say, Lord, I'm going to write this check and I know it's going to pay my light bill, Lord, and you send it off. No, that's, that's not faith. That's a felony. <laughs> I know I wrote a bunch of those things before in my life. <laughs> About $40,000 worth. They come get you. They'll look you up. You use your faith. What I'm talking about here is when everything starts to break down. A sure sign that you're in an attack, a spiritual attack, is everything starts to break down. You're doing good. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever been here? You're doing good, then the transmission goes out. You're doing good, then you hear that little squeaky sound that says you need brakes. 
Then the television goes on the blink. And then the husband goes on the break. You start to lack things. The things that you, you, you had going for you, you recognize that, hey, the washer and dryer's out. Okay, we can fix that. And then you turn around, and, and the boy breaks his leg, and now you got a hospital bill, and there goes your resources. And all of a sudden, the boss comes in and says, we don't need you anymore. The realization that you're under a spiritual attack is when the things that you used to have, they start to lack. You don't have them anymore. The enemy wants you to focus on what you don't have. Watch this. Get you concentrating on money. Get you concentrating on things. He'll attack you. He'll throw everything at you. There are times when I'm going good and we're happy, and, and next thing you know, this boy blew his motor up. That horse just colicked. My saddle, the tree just broke in it. And I'm like, oh, and i got to work harder, and i got to try harder. i got to get more resources, and it takes me away from God. If those are happening to you right now, you're under a spiritual attack. Recognize that today. What the enemy wants to do is get you to start focusing on money instead of trusting God. Can I say this to you? When, when the devil takes something from you, the Bible says that God will give it back to you tenfold. I believe when the enemy starts taking stuff from me, it's an opportunity for me to start trusting God for more. I've, I've been in the ministry for 10 years. I've lost my home. I've lost my car. I've lost possessions. I've had to sell stuff that I wanted to hang on to. But God is always faithful. He replaces it. He replaces it with better than I ever had in the first place. Why? Because my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. But the enemy was going to take some of that. He's going to try his very best. Y'all sleep this morning. Wake up. Listen to me. He's going to try to make you lack things. The fourth sign that you're under a spiritual attack is it's, it's a prayer attack. Matthew 28. Go there with me. Matthew 28. You're under a a, a, a spiritual attack. I'm not in a hurry today, so settle down. Don't get all excited on me. The fourth sign that you're under a spiritual attack is when the enemy hits you with a prayer attack. Verse 8, the woman ran quickly from the tomb. They were frightened, but also filled with great joy. They rushed to find the disciples to give them the angel's message. And they went to Jesus and says, greetings, he said. And they ran to him, held his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said, do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. They had to go and do what God called them to do. They were praying. The ladies were praying as they were walking to the tomb. They, they, they were praying. They weren't believing. Come on, somebody. They were praying, but they weren't believing that Jesus was alive. Some of you are praying today, but you don't believe that God can hear your prayers. Some of you are praying for answers right now, but you're not getting them, and you're not believing that God is real. Touch three people and say, God is real. 
Can I say this to you this morning? I want you to please understand that prayer is about helping you to not enter into temptation. What Jesus says on the third day, I'll rebuild the temple. Prayer is to help you and I not to, not to, to enter into temptation. Why do we have strong prayer lives? So when things come against us, when we lack things, when, when we have uh, those times come, those spiritual times, we have a prayer life. We can talk to God anytime, anywhere, any place. We have a prayer life. Somebody ought to thank God right now in this place that you can pray to God and he can hear you. Please understand that prayer is about helping you to not enter into temptation. Prayer is not a gift some people get and certain people have not. Prayer is a gift that we all get. Prayer is not a gift. It is a discipline. You just have to do it. When I first met Garrett Metcalf, he's in the sound room helping out. He's a bullfighter. He helps out in our arena team. I can call him anytime, anyplace, anywhere, and call him to do anything to help me get on down the road and tell somebody about Jesus. And Garrett will be right beside me the whole way. He's been with me for eight years, and he ain't left me yet. Praise God for friends like that. We all need them. But when I first got to Caney Creek Cowboy Church, I was looking for godly men to stand up here and pray. And I'd go around the church, and I'd call on the elders. They weren't afraid. I'd crawl on somebody, and they weren't afraid. And every time i call on somebody, Garrett would look the other way. And one day, he told his wife, you tell him, don't ever call on me to pray. That was a mistake. <laughs> don't tell me what you don't want to do, because I know that's fear overriding your life so i kept messing with him garrett i'm gonna get you pray sunday man don't give me to pray i won't even come up there i said dude i'll make you look like a fool he said uh man don't call on me to pray please pastor please 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 and i said i'm gonna call on you to pray and i messed with him man for six months i messed with him for six months and one day i was messing with him he said all right i'll pray just to, just so you'll leave me alone I said, okay, man, I'll get you to pray this sunday so man i called him up here on stage and he said everybody take your hat off and he started praying, Lord, bless this day. Bless Pastor Mark's message. Let everybody have a good Sunday. In Jesus' name, put his hat back on. And, boy, everybody was clapping at Garrett, and everybody was happy and this and that and the other. We went to eat after church, and he said, I wrote my prayer down. And I stuck it in my hat right there, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I read it. <laughs> but you know what that did? It built up confidence. What he did one time, he could do again. What he did one time, he could do again. What he did one time, he could do it again. Now he can do it anywhere, anytime, anyplace. His daughter has problems with seizures. I'm telling you, the man will say, I need to pray for my kid. I need to pray for my kid. She's having seizures. I need to pray for my finances, the work slope. He knows how to pray. He's not afraid to pray. Prayer is not a gift that one person gets. It's a discipline that all people need to get. And when you decide to pray, come on, listen to me, pay attention. When you decide to pray, you get attacked. You get attacked. You always get attacked when you decide to pray. I mean, when you start to pray, one time, man, I was had some stuff going on, and I and this was just a little while ago. It was it was late last year. We had all the Christmas stuff going. We had a new thing, angel tree that we were doing. I was just so consumed. I was, I was running short on time, running short on resources, and I just felt overwhelmed. And I said, you know what? I know what I need to do. I need to pray. And, man, I knelt down on my knees in my house all by myself, and I began to pray. And my father prayed. 
and my phone rang. I didn't know, I didn't know uh, who it was, so I was like, man, let me get the phone. So I was praying, and the phone rang, and it was such and such, and they wanted to tell me about their new cat, and they wanted to tell me about their dogs, and, and I was like, okay, all right, praise God. I can't wait to see them. Roof, roof, bye, click, and, uh, and so... So I said, okay, let me get back to praying. And then next thing you know, my vibrator, my, 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 my text message went off. And I was like, who's texting me? I'm trying to pray. So I read this text. And I respond to this text. I'm trying to pray, and, I, and I'm getting attacked. My phone rings, and then my text goes off. So I said, fine. I, now I'm going to pray. Enemy, get away from me. I got down on my knees. I began to pray, and my, I heard a knock at my door. I said, what in the world is going on? It was two Jehovah's Witnesses on bicycles. <laughs> I said, what in the world is happening here? The enemy will stop your prayer any way possible. You say, but I'm tough. I'm, I'm tough. I'm, I know he can't stop my prayer. Let me tell you, he'll try everything in the world to stop you from getting your prayers out there. Huh. Them Jehovah's Witnesses started witnessing to me. And I said, come on in, boys, for prayer. Oh, we going to pray? Yeah, let's pray in Jesus' name. Oh, we got to pedal on. We got to pedal on, Jack. <laughs> the Lord told Peter, the Lord told Peter to stay awake. Just like he tells you to stay awake. The Lord told Peter to stay awake and pray. The Lord said, I'm going to go up here and pray. You stay awake. You stay prayerful. You get in the prayer. You pray. I'm going to pray up here. Peter, you stay awake. You're my boy. Pray. What did Peter do? He fell asleep. He fell asleep. And when he got woke up, that's when they came to get Jesus. And Peter pulled out a sword and cut one of them guys' ears off. Whoop! What happens when you and I don't stay in prayer. We're like Peter. We get in the flesh. We want to cut somebody out. We want to shoot somebody's bird. We want to get all stupid at church. We want to get all stupid at home. When we don't have a prayer life, when, we don't, we don't, we're, when, we're, not, when we're not praying like we're supposed to, we, we just forget how we're supposed to be. I believe that with all my heart. We forget how anointed God is, how awesome God is. When we don't spend time talking to him and listening to him in prayer, then you become flesh like Peter, and you want to chop people's ears off for no reason at all. Monday's around the corner, folks. You need to listen. You need a prayer life, and the enemy hates that you got a prayer life. What happens, folks, is when you stop praying, you start acting in the flesh, start cussing people out, start getting short with people. Number five, how much time I got left? Two hours, wait for me. Remember, I got an extra hour. Number five, how to recognize when you're under a spiritual attack, you feel overwhelmed. Does anybody feel overwhelmed this morning? If you feel overwhelmed this morning, you're probably under a spiritual attack. The circumstances, the word circumstances, comes from the word circle and stand. The word circumstances comes from the word circle and stand. Sometimes when we're standing here, things will begin to circle us and close in on us and press against us, the Bible says. 
The word circumstance comes from the word circle and the word stands. So to be in a circumstance means to be standing in a circle with a bunch of issues coming against you. Is anybody like that this morning? Am I preaching to anybody? I'm preaching way better than y'all letting on this morning, I promise you. Anybody ever felt like they've been in a circled up by a bunch of problems with no way out? That's what it feels like to be under a spiritual attack, to be overwhelmed, to be surrounded by things. There's no way out. You feel paralyzed. You feeling overwhelmed this morning? I'm glad you came to church because I wanted to tell you before you quit that you're under a spiritual attack. And you just cling to that old rugged cross and God's going to get you through. That's a huge sign that you're under a spiritual attack. Number six and the last one and I'll be done. That you're under a spiritual attack, the number six thing, you go back to your old inequities. What's an inequity, Pastor Mark? That was a big word for you. You go back to your old habits. You go back to your old marijuana. You go back to your old drinking. You go back to your old lifestyle. Go back to your old way of living. Old inequities, old habits, they begin to resurface. That's a huge sign that you're under a spiritual attack when you start having uh, thoughts about going back to what you used to do. If you used to smoke, if you used to drink gin, if you used to do drugs, if you used to look at pornography, if that was something that your old life and you had control over that for years, but now you're thinking about doing it again, can I wake you up this morning? You're under a spiritual attack. You start rationalizing in your mind. It's okay. We'll drink a little this weekend. It's okay. We'll smoke a little this weekend. It's okay. I'll look at that a little bit. You start to rationalize. Can I say this to you so you'll wake up? Never rationalize sin. That's retarded. Okay, I'll be nice. Never rationalize sin. That's foolish. And fools perish and go to hell. Never rationalize sin. Never begin to rationalize what God set you free from in the first place. Never forget where God brought you from. Never, for, never rationalize your old inequities, your old habits. Be careful messing with old sin. The Bible says if the Lord sets you free from your old sins and you go back to it, he'll send seven demons. The devil sends seven more demons after you to try to keep you there. That's biblical. You, you quit drinking, you quit drugging, you quit lying, you quit cheating, and now you're thinking about doing all those things, and then you do it one time. The enemy says, whoa, I knew he didn't have it together. Let's get him, boys. And then he comes after you like a six-man football team, six of them and one of him, and they pounce on you, and they get you, and I never see you again. For real, for real, for real. Where are the people that used to sit next to you in those chairs out there? They went back to their old sin. So the old habits is a sign that the enemy thinks that you're weak in that area. And he'll try to get you if you're under a spiritual attack when you feel like going back to your old ways. Like he's pulling you away. You know what else he'll pull you away from? Your relationship with other Christians. He'll try his very best to pull you away from under. If you're thinking about staying away from other Christian people, uh, your church, your church family, ministry work that you're on, then you're under a spiritual attack and he's got you right where you are. Come on, somebody. Hear me this morning. This is good stuff. 
I guess it's quiet because you're under an attack and you will say, Brother Mark, get me out of it. Cling to the old rugged cloth. Run to Jesus. Don't run the opposite way. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I promise you I'm going to get there. When you stay away from some people, you stay away from church, you stay away from Christian friends, you have more in common now with people in this world than you've lost your desire for Christ. The Bible says that we're to be a friend to sinners. I'm not talking about that. We know that. But when you have more in common with sinners than you do with saints, you're under a spiritual attack. When you can live like you're going to hell and it don't bother you, you're under a spiritual attack. Before you got under this spiritual attack, you were on fire for God. You remember how you used to be? I'm talking to you now. You remember how you used to be when you were on fire for God? I'd be at Walmart with my shopping cart. I'd be pushing it down aisle six. I'd be taking a left on aisle seven. And you'd be over there on aisle four. And you'd see me and you'd say, Pastor Mark! And you'd come running over there to me. You're not going to believe it, Pastor Mark. I led someone to the Lord last week. You're not going to believe it, Pastor Mark. God showed up big time in my fight. Remember when you were on fire for God? Tammy, I'd get embarrassed. I'd like, ooh, Lord, have mercy. Here they come. I'd be at Walmart pushing my little basket out here. Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark. And you'd run over there, and I'd smile. And I'm like, these crazy people go to my church. <laughs> A good incantation now to realize that you're under a spiritual attack. When I see you out in public, you hide behind the cereal. I come down an aisle, you go down another aisle. I go over here and you leave before I get there. You don't come to church. You don't get around other believers. You could care less about your spiritual walk. You're under an attack. You haven't been to church in weeks. You haven't been to church in months. You need to wake up because the devil has got you right where he wants you. He's going to destroy you. He's going to kill you. He's going to drive you away from anything that's good. One of my favorite things to do, I'll tell you what one of my favorite things to do, is sometimes I'm sitting in my office and I've been praying, I've been reading, I've been listening to music, I'm all spirit-filled. I like to drive over to the Valero and look for some of my old church members. Usually I start around the beer cave, because that's where a lot of them are. Hey, what y'all doing? Oh, Pastor Martin, nothing, man, I ain't doing nothing. We'll see you at church on Sunday morning, Pastor Martin. No, you won't, but I wish you would. All it takes is one Sunday out of church, another Sunday out of church, one Sunday not fellowshipping with believers, one Wednesday night not showing up where you're supposed to be. And what you used to cling to, what used to have so much life for you, what you used to just believe that was possible, you forgot all about. Never get away from the Christ that died on the cross for your sins. It's so important. Somebody hear me right now. Keep that fire going. You're ducking behind the cereal trying to hide from me. Jesus said, don't hide. I know what you're doing. We must stay clinging to that old rugged cross. 
there's some things that you do not do as a Christian. Listen to these five things you do not do as a Christian and understand them. You do not forget who made you, who created you, who held you in the storms of life, who has equipped you and got you off of everything that you got on. Do not forget God. Do not forget God. Here's some things you do not do. You do not forget the one who made you, who knew you before you were born, who loved you when you were in your mama's belly. Do not forget God. Another thing you do not do, you do not forsake the time and the place of prayer in your life. Two things are vital for your success in your life is a time of prayer and a place of prayer. Finally, I said, look, I can't pray in my house no more. Too many distractions. I found me a tree at my yard. It's got an elbow. looks like God's hands. It's kind of rained me out of that spot. But I know that's where I'm headed for prayer. A place where I can just be alone. Alone with God. Sometimes before church, I just lock my door, lock my office. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want nobody walking by and laughing and trying to get me to talk to them. Why? Because I'm in a place of prayer. I love God. I love listening to God. I love it when God changes things on me sometimes and changes me. Another thing you do not do is you do not forsake the place of power. Can I say this to you? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. You do not forsake. You listening? You do not forsake the place of power, your church home. You do not forsake your church. You do not forsake the place of power where the Holy Spirit dwells. You do not forsake your church, that place of power. You don't do it. Can I say this to you? I just can't drive by here and not come in. I just can't drive by here and not come in. I just can't. I can't. Even if I wasn't a church member. When I was back home, on my way home, I'd stop by and see if they needed something. I was there every time the doors were open. That's where I learned to become a Christian. Because it's so important to go to the place of power. You're not hearing me this morning. If this is your place of power, then you know it. If it's not your place of power, then you need to get up out of here and go find a place for you where you Know that you know that you know that God is working. I know it here. Somebody give a shout if you know it's here. Come on, somebody. Another thing, listen to me. Do not forsake the power of partnership. It's good to be around people who have lived longer than you, who've done more than you, who survived more than you, that you can get some wise counsel from. Shane, come here, Shane. I'm talking to you. Stand up. Come here. Come here. Come here, Terry. Amen. Come here, Carl. Hop on up here. Come here, Noise. Come on, man. Y'all move like y'all got arthritis or something. Stand right here. Interlock your arm like that. Interlock his arm like that. Interlock his arm like that. Now, I'm the devil, and I'm going to pull y'all away from God. 
Do not forsake the assembling with saints. Don't go around to your old friends. Don't roll around to your old friends, your old habits, the cousin who does dope, the mama who cusses all the time. Come on now, y'all gonna pull me or I gonna pull y'all. Don't let go. Stand up, stand up, grab somebody by the arm like that. Stand up right now, grab somebody underneath the arm. Scoot over, get where you can get. Grab somebody, we're done, listen to me. Hold it, hold it, hold on tight. Grab them, grab them. Y'all ain't grabbing each other. Do not squeeze. Hold on to that person. Do not forsake the assembling together. Because when you're in the hospital like Brother Larry, when you're down and out like Miss Vicky, when you're battling with cancer like Mr. Tim, you're going to need some folks. When your kids, don't let go. When your kids gone wayward, when your wife's not coming to church, when you don't know where your next meal's going to come from, the enemy's got you. You're going to need somebody because he's going to try He's going to try everything in his might to get you. So if you're clinging to Christ, the one who died for you, the one who gave his life for you, if you don't let go of Jesus, you can weather any storm. Mr. Tim, come here. Come here, Mr. Tim. Mr. Tim got news last week that his cancer's back. Just attack. He beat it once, he'll beat it again. Come on, somebody. Brother Vic, stay right down here, Mr. Tim. It's just an attack, Mr. Tim. You're going to beat it. Come on down here, brother. Stand right here. Come on, Vic. Take this, brother Vic. Give that to Mr. Tim. Mr. Tim, that was made for you to put in your yard so that you can cling to it to know that Jesus, who died on that cross but doesn't live on that cross today, is working on the behalf of your cancer. And right after church, Mr. Tim, me and all these people in this church are driving over to your house to put it in your yard for you. I mean, right after church, Mr. Tim, so you know you can drive faster than me. Back in the day, you could. 
do not forsake your partnership. This other cross goes to Miss Vicky. Two people that's really been battling, really been under attacks, Mr. Tim and Miss Vicky. We're going to plant that cross in her yard, too, and present her with that cross. Do not forget who made you. Do not forsake the time and the place of prayer. Do not forsake the place of power, your church. Do not forsake your partnership with other people. Because he might be strong, but I want you. Or I want you, big boy. How about I come out there and try to get some of y'all? Well, I'm probably not strong enough, but Satan's got a lot of power. In this world, he has a lot of power, but he don't have no more power than you do because Christ lives in you if you're saved and born again. And you can call on his name. Hold on to somebody. Keep holding on to him. I'm not done. I'm not done. And the last thing. Do not become disconnected with your pastoral protection. Do not be afraid to call on your pastor or your pastor's wife, or your elders in the church. Do not become disconnected from your pastor's protection. I've often seen people under attack who I wanted to pull close and help, but they refused to. Don't wait till the enemy is tearing your life apart to seek my help or the help from other pastors around the world. Stay close and connected. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, if there's anyone in my church who's been under a spiritual attack, some of these things I talked about, it hit home with them today. Father, we just asked that they do not, they do not give in. They do not quit. I posted a little picture on my Facebook today of a lion, daddy lion, and a little cub. And it said, Daddy, what does quit mean? He said, I don't know. I'm a Christian. Do not let these attacks, Brother Tim, Brother Larry, some of you, myself, let us give in. Promise the Lord in your spirit right now. I'm going to do this this morning instead of what I normally do. Promise the Lord in your spirit right now that you're not going to give in to these attacks that you're under right now. Promise him in your heart right now. Just say, dear Lord, I'm not going to give in to these attacks. I'm going to make it through. And I'm going to make it through with you, Jesus. Say it with me. I'm going to make it through with you, Jesus. I'm going to make it through this attack. This feeling like I'm not equipped, I'm going to make it through. This addiction that I'm trying to beat, I'm going to beat it. I'm going to make it through. I got my partners. They got a hold of me. I'll pray for them. They'll pray for me. I'll pray for their families. They'll pray for my families. I got my partners. Come on, somebody. I got my partners. And together... Just like we're holding ourselves today together. We'll see glory. We'll see Jesus.
never forsake our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Whisper in your spirit, and I'm done. Jesus, I love you with all my heart, all my mind, and all my soul. I give you my life today. I rededicate myself to you, Lord. I'm all in, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. Will you carry that out there?